the episode 24 of Soul Lead Saturday. The guest we have today, Matt, he took his prior education in industrial and mechanical engineering, but now he is a founder and CEO of Business Science, where he teaches data scientists how to apply data science to a business. So let's hear his career journey. How did he find his passion and leading the area he is passionate about? So thank you, Matt, and welcome to be my guest on Solid Podcast. Actually, really appreciate your time. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, you know, I it's been a while since I've seen you, and it sounds like you're you're doing big things. So I'm I'm just excited to be part of it. Yeah, thank you so much. Actually, and definitely you are a, like you know a true guest on this podcast because kind of guest like I'm looking for the people who are like you know finding that shift or change and interest and growing in their career. So you are an ideal example, I, I would say. So to begin with, actually, um, when I looked into your prior education, as I mentioned, that is purely on the engineering side, which is like a hardcore engineering, industrial and mechanical. And you worked at, in that area as well for a couple of years. And after that, you moved towards a data science. And now it is like you have your own firm, which is like great. So. Um, how did that shift happen? Like, you know, when did you realize your interest? Oh my goodness. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I, I started as a mechanical engineer, um, back, I, I graduated, uh, from college. Oh geez. Uh, 2000, uh, 2006. And, um, I had a degree in mechanical engineering. And um, back then, you know, there was no data science. It, it, it was really, um, you know, me being kind of like into math and science. Engineering was just a logical choice. And um, it ended up being a, a really good choice for me because uh, it opened the doors for a lot of different things. And I'll, I'll kind of mention how I grew into data science. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so, so I started working at a, um, you know, a, a, a large company, it's called Bechtel. The, um, the, the particular part of the company that I worked at, we were dealing with like very highly technical products mm -hmm. um, and uh, actually like valves that, that went into nuclear submarines. So mm -hmm. it was um, it was quite a you know wild ride. I was learning a lot, but um, uh, I was really interested in getting into more of managerial fields mm -hmm. and kind of not, not just climbing the ladder, but really like being able to um, have an impact on the company that I was working for. And um, I ended up taking a position with uh, another company that was also in, involved in valves. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I, I got started with them. I actually worked with them for about seven years. Mm -hmm. And through that period of time, that's really where I found data science. Um, so I started as a, as a manager, um, just managing the engineering team at this company. But quickly, um, I saw some neat areas where I could be, where I could help out, um, ma mainly actually with like the technical sales team. So I got more, I, mm -hmm. as, as my career progressed, you know, I moved into, uh, moved from just managing a, a, a purely technical team to managing part of a sales team. And that's really where I started to have to learn a lot more uh, that was kind of out of my comfort zone, to be honest. Um, you know, I was learning about sales. I was learning about customers. I was working with, you know, a lot of different, like the field sales team, the manufacturing team, 
the accounting, the uh, even the the, the CFO. I, um, mm-hmm. I was having to work with him a lot with budgeting, and it ended up being like as I started to kind of dabble in all these other different fields, mm-hmm. um, the the main thing that I found I could benefit um, these these teams mm-hmm. was was by being able to analyze data. You know, I was pretty good. Uh, with my technical background, I could, you know, work very well in Excel. I was um, well-versed in, in v- VBA, um, the coding language that kind of comes with, with Excel. Um, and, uh, and I started getting my MBA at, at around that same time as I was kind of getting promoted. So the, uh, the, the long story short is really that being able to analyze data and it wasn't called data science back then. This was like, you know, 2013 timeframe, you know, data, data science was not even a blip on the radar. Um, it was really just using statistics to, and, mm-hmm. and data mining, being able to take these large customer databases and being able to understand, okay, how frequently have they purchased in the past? You know, if we're working on a, on a large technical bid, how likely or like, you know, how, how are we able to price this particular quote? How are we able to, you know, what, what area do we have to, you know, watch out for and and what should we be, um, be concerned with? So the the data was a critical piece Mm -hmm. and, um, and that was really kind of my entry into Mm -hmm. data science was, was really just, you know, working with customers, working with the sales teams, um, and, and not kind of understanding how I could be, how I could add value to mm-hmm. what they had going on. Yeah. So uh, the way I understood is like, you know, you touched all the, all the areas in the business, actually, when you were working with uh, engineering side as well, you got an opportunity to work with different departments or learn those areas. And it was moreover, like you were also open to new learning. So that helped you to that definitely shows that how you landed up having your own business actually. And um, so um, when we think about it, like, you know, once you find your interest and you took steps actually towards it to achieve that. And so you learned the programming languages and everything. So when I saw your profile, you have like a bunch of certifications as well. Actually, you explored that area full fledged, which is like one of the best platforms Coursera and you did a bunch of certifications. So, um, why those certifications take place? Like how important those certifications were for you? Because you were like, you did double masters, I guess. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. In, uh, mechanical engineering. Plus you did MBA along your journey. Like it's yep. a journey. So it's like always it shows like your growth mindset that I'm always learning something new. So um, what, what, what do you, what would you like to say about that? Actually, what steps, extra steps, one person has to take towards achieving that. Sure. Yeah. So for me, and I can only um, talk from my own experience, but um, when I was learning data science, it was really tough. Uh, And it's still obviously very tough. You know, I I know a lot of people are are, are really struggling with it. Mm -hmm. Um, For me and and my particular circumstance, um, I was very well accustomed to Excel. Mm -hmm. And I was coming from, you know, kind of like a spreadsheet tool, Mm-hmm. Uh, very easy to manipulate information. Um, but the problems that I was having was that the data sets were getting way too large for Excel. It was actually crashing my computer. Um, it was, I had these uh, really kind of massive dashboards that would analyze you know, different parts of the business. And, I, and, I, and they were critical to me because I needed to, um, 
talk about, I need to be able to look at those for, for the Monday morning call with all of the VPs and the CEO. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I needed all that stuff to work. And, and at, you know, eventually as, as our data sets grew, I just stopped working and I would have to like really pare down the data and then I couldn't, um, leverage the full amount of information that I needed. Mm -hmm. So, um, it came to a point where I needed to learn uh, a programming language uh, that was a better to learn these tools for the job mm -hmm. uh, to be able to, to automate what I was doing uh, mm -hmm. on a routine basis and also to, to start to develop some new, new things. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, I had always been learning when it came to Excel and it was just kind of a natural progression to look outside of Excel now to see what tools were available. Mm -hmm. um, R and Python were becoming a little bit more popular. Mm -hmm. One of my, um, uh, one of our recent hires who was fresh out of engineering school actually recommended looking into both of those languages. So I started looking into it. And at that time, um, uh, or, or shortly thereafter, Coursera started to come out with some courses. Um, I, I took, I took a lot of those certifications. Um, and yes, as you pointed out, I, I have a, <laughs> kind of a laundry list of degrees and, and, yeah. and those sorts of things. Um, the, the degrees uh, were more important to my company. So I was getting those a lot to, um, to help like the MBA, for example. And that, that was, that one was actually pretty good. Um, you know, it, it gave me, it helped me become more well-versed in being able to speak the business and uh, the, the business, like talk, talk about, you know, income statements and cash flow and, you know, all the different things that you need to be able to talk, talk about with when you're interfacing with your CEO, CFO and the CEO. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, when it came to the data science, their certifications weren't really as important as much as being able to, to learn how to uh, utilize the tools mm -hmm. that uh, would help get the most results for me as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to rapidly go from these issues that I was having to being able to analyze bigger data. And, um, for me, I, I took the, the Coursera program. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, it was okay. It, it really didn't help me, uh, as much as I thought it would, mm -hmm. um, because a lot of it was, was really behind, even for, for back then it was behind the times because the, the software had been developing so, so, so fast and so rapidly. Mm -hmm. Um, so what actually helped me the most, was uh, doing a side project of all things uh, mm -hmm. at that point in time. I was also becoming very, I, I was super interested in investing and uh, finance. So I was dabbling in the stock market, not doing any day trading or anything, but, but trying to understand how to compose really good portfolios, ones that would be resistant to financial crises uh, because you know, the, the 2008 financial crisis had happened mm -hmm. several years before that. And I, and I kind of got hammered mm -hmm. during that period in the stock market. Um, so uh, it turns out that the, the language that I had picked, which was R, mm -hmm. the R programming language, um, was really well suited for finance. It had a ton of um, packages and, and things available. Um, around that point in time, there was some innovation going on out of uh, the company, our studio, mm -hmm. where they were starting to develop these packages that became known as this thing called the Tidyverse. Mm -hmm. 
And that um, really helped shape my idea of how to work with data with these mm -hmm. tidy data principles where, you know, every row has was an observation, mm -hmm. you had groups, and it was kind of like longer data frames, but uh, you could group within those, mm -hmm. and this, this whole group by split apply combine. Um, uh, that, that was becoming more of uh, an integrated part of this thing called the tidyverse for wrangling data and visualizing data. So I got this idea to actually combine the two. Mm -hmm. uh, the finance packages were weren't which weren't very tidy. They didn't use the data frame structure. They used another um, structure uh, that was only um, available for new numeric data. So I needed to be able to utilize uh, character data, you know, some of the, the, the mm -hmm. symbols were character or character data type. So the data frame structure lent itself really well to that. So I figured out a way to kind of combine the two. Mm -hmm. and, and I, um, I put together an R package called TidyQuant, mm -hmm. which um, was really uh, the project that taught me the most about the, the language and, and really kind of got me over that hump mm -hmm. of you know, struggling with data science, struggling to learn, trying to put together bits and pieces, trying to figure out how to apply it uh, to my job. When I, when I stopped, you know, kind of focusing on, on um, learning the tools mm -hmm. and more started focusing on, okay, how do I have this concept, this project in, in my head, how do I complete it? You know, what bits and pieces do I need to put together in order to kind of come up with a, a cohesive, Mm -hmm. workflow to, to complete these financial analyses. Mm -hmm. And when I started thinking that way, it was like, holy cow, like this is how, like I started learning so many different things and I was having to pull together mm -hmm. you know, bits and pieces and, and, um, and really integrate. I was integrating with one common purpose, which was performing a financial analysis. Mm -hmm. So that for me was a kind of an epiphany. I was like, you know, Hey, this is, this is how to learn data science. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of tucked that away in my mind. Um, so this was the two, 2016 timeframe. I, I came out with that, that R package called TidyQuant. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it, it wasn't really the, uh, the purpose in, in my head wasn't to like create a business and, and uh, teach people how to do data science at that point. It was uh, mm -hmm. more, you know, hey, just put this package out there so other people can use it in addition to myself. Mm -hmm. um, give back to the community because I saw a lot of that going on. It was really exciting at the time and it still is very exciting. Um, and I put it out there and people started downloading it and fast forward, you know, to now and it, it's been used, uh, it's used at every financial company out there. It's, um, yes. that, that uses R, mm -hmm. uh, it's been downloaded hundreds of thousands, like two, 250,000 times or something like that. So. Great, yeah, that's yeah. a great achievement. So uh, one of the thing actually I noticed like when you were telling about self-learning, right? When you were learning by yourself about data science, there were a couple of challenges. Always you come across the challenges, but when I see you, it is more or like you have like the researcher mindset where you try to find out the solution. But there are a lot of people actually, they always look for the mentorship or you know how to tackle those situations. What would you like to tell them actually about that? And they self-learn by themselves. Even though it is open source, you come across the questions actually when you are learning by yourself. Yeah. So, so, so um, I, 
If I can rephrase the question, if um, are you asking, so if people, if students are yeah, students running into an issue, yeah. how, how to how to kind of get through those issues? Yeah. So, so um, I, and I see this every day. Uh, so we, I have about a thousand over, uh, like a, I think over 1,100 students now that I'm working with. Oh, nice. And they, um, you, as you can imagine, as they're going through the, the courses, mm -hmm. the, um, the, they, they often have problems and they have questions and they're trying to, so, and they're, they're kind of two different types, right? There's one that are more conceptual that aren't like earth shatteringly, like, hey, if I don't get this answered, I can't proceed with the course, but it's more like conceptual, like, just them trying to kind of form that mental linkage between what I'm teaching them mm -hmm. and either the concept or how to use the, 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 the code to, to perform the, the, uh, whatever the task is. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's one thing. And then the other one is, okay, they're in a, they've, they've got a, an error and how are they able to like, mm -hmm. you know, utilize the information that's in front of them to be able to solve that error. Mm -hmm. So, um, from my personal experience, it's always been utilizing resources that I have available to me, um, understanding what the error code is, uh, understanding how to debug, debug your, your code mm -hmm. with either print statements or, uh, using stack overflow, uh, and doing a lot of Google searching to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. and that's, that's what I preach in my courses is, is that, you know, Hey, uh, when you run into these situations, you know, everybody runs into it. Mm -hmm. um, a good coder and a good developer is going to try and, and utilize these tools. You know, number one, the error code, um, whatever that error message is, you know, Google that, anything around that, start to do your research. Um, utilize Stack Overflow. Those are the, typically the best um, and, and quickest ways to get your solution, you know, as fast as possible. Um, when they get into that situation where they've they've done that already and they can't get through it you know that's that's when they come to me and that's when i'm in my in the slack channel working with them and i remember you know i've been on vacation before and i've seen in a you know i've, I've been getting these slack channel because that's how we how i interface with my students is they all get access to a slack channel and they can message me but um you know i remember you know, one, one holiday I was on, I had, to, I think we had a, a message back and forth of like 70, you know, responses, like the, the, just trying to help the student kind of get through because it was a serious issue that was preventing that particular student from moving forward in the course. Mm -hmm. And, um, it wasn't a, you know, a, a serious issue with the course per se, but it was preventing them from conceptually and being able to move forward. He, he just felt like he needed to like, constantly do more research mm -hmm. and what my goal there with him was to be able to say hey this is you know what you need to know at this moment in time so instead of like trying to learn everything about this particular question that he had mm -hmm. let's hone it in a little bit and focus it on just the key points that you need to know and i call this the 80 20 but but you really don't need to know, and this is where most students struggle, is they think they need to know everything. And, and I, I don't know everything. I'll be the first person to admit, I, I, 
I do not know everything. And this area is itself evolving, actually. Every six months, you'll find something new. So you can't say that you know everything. Right, right. The, the people that, that claim to know everything, um, you know, <laughs> they're dangerous because they, they probably don't know nearly as much as they think they mm-hmm. do. Um, so, so, you know, my goal with, with, with that particular student at that moment in time was just to help them understand, you know, hey, you just need to know this 20%. That's going to help you accomplish about 80% of what you need to do. So if you can get this key concept down, <laughs> then you can continue to move forward because a lot of times these students are, they're, they're just kind of get in their own way in their, in their head. And it's because there's just so much they can easily get bogged down. And I was in the same boat back when I was learning. Cause I felt like I had to, you know, when I first was like in the Coursera program, I'd learn a topic and then I would like research it for a week. And that's just, that's just not practical. Right. So at, at some point you have to say, okay, mm-hmm. I need to find a project that I'm going to like solve, mm-hmm. whether it's my work project or my hobby, and then try and just figure out the bits and pieces I need to know that are, are around that yes. in order to accomplish it. So. So many valid points actually mentioned, like use of a stack overflow plus getting engaged into the projects along with learnings. So thank you so much for sharing. Moving towards like, you know, I can see the trainer kind of, a, like you are very good at mentoring, I feel, because the way you're talking. So what is your teaching style? Um, I, I'd say patience. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty patient. Uh, there's not a whole lot that flusters me, you know. Um, there's, there, and don't get me wrong, there's moments in time where, you know, it's just like if it's a ridiculous question that's totally off the wall and has no, you know, no bearing on anything, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll wait, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot them straight and I'll say, hey, you know, this is a really good question, but I don't think your time is best spent, you know, trying to answer it. Um, really kind of trying to steer them in the right direction so that they're not always uh, getting in their way. Mm-hmm. Um, because that, it's so easy. It's so, so easy to do uh, when you're learning data science because you're trying to learn algorithms, you're trying to learn coding, you're trying to apply it, you're trying to learn theory. And it's just like, if you try and do everything, then you're, you're, you're really going to um, end up hurting yourself from a productivity standpoint. So I, my, my goal is, all right, let's keep them productive. Let's keep them applying stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's get them a lot of reps because I think I really feel like when you type out code, uh, you learn so much. And when you see other people code, which is which is my style in the in the courses, um, you know, every every video is just, is really just me kind of typing line by line and explaining what I'm doing, not only what the code means, but my thought process as I'm yes. as I'm writing it mm-hmm. as I'm typing it, and. I think that's the value of the courses um, and and my teaching style. I think the, I think really the, um, the mentorship Mm -hmm. is kind of to help make sure they don't stray too far from the path. And then the, um, but also keep them, you know, if they run into a major error, keep them from having it be like a a major block that causes them to, to stop taking the course because that's, that's the last thing that I want. I want every student to, to complete that course. As long as they have the motivation, I don't want, you know, an error to be what stops them. And, I, and I'll never let that happen. Yeah, it um, seems like you're a truly inspiring uh, teacher, actually. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. Students <laughs> are going to like you. So uh, moving towards our next question, it's more about your firm, actually, in the business science. So would you like to share more about what it does and, you know, 
how it works. Yeah. Um, so, so business science is my company. Um, I, I started it probably, uh, or actually around, um, it was probably a year or so after I had released tidy quant. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually started it because I, as a consulting company to begin with, because, uh, I, I was getting, I'm starting to get consulting engagements and, um, it was just really a way I had to create a business to, um, as a, as a LLC to, um, prevent any sort of, um, legally any sort of issues. You know, if somebody had a, I wrote code that ended up breaking, um, which, you know, could possibly happen. I, I if I were to get sued, you know, I had a, had a limit, uh, a liability, uh, at an LLC to protect me. So, um, that, that was really the start cause I was starting to get some of these consulting engagements. Um, the, the, the idea for business science came after um, I had several consulting engagements and I was really seeing what was going on out there in the field. And I saw a lot of other people in the same situation that I was, albeit I was kind of, you know, several years ahead of them. Mm-hmm. But um, really these companies that were looking for predictive analytics, they, they had no, no real concept. Like the executives really didn't have a, mm-hmm. have a strong concept of, of what that meant. And then the people that were doing the work, which are the analysts, um, they were just not experienced enough with some of these tools. And also uh, they really didn't know how to kind of bridge that gap between the, the, the new tools, which, which is the data science piece. And then the, the business, which is, you know, what are the objectives? What's the KPIs? What are the, 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 the key pieces we need to focus in on from that data that you have? So the, uh, the first course I launched, um, about two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. uh, it was actually an advanced course. I, I didn't start out with a beginner course. I, I started out with an advanced because that's, that's really from my experience, mm-hmm. um, in working with these companies, these students needed to see a, um, a full large scale project being completed. Mm-hmm. So that was the, the 201 course. I, I launched that, um, after I had been consulting for about a year and it was really my consulting framework combined with uh, the tools that I was using and I still use uh, H2O, which is for automated machine learning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a massive productivity booster. It does mm-hmm. all sorts of machine learning automatically um, things that would take me like, honestly, a lot longer. Um, it does in seconds. So, um, I, I was teaching, I, I taught that I taught, um, some of the explainable machine learning, which was coming about at that time, mm-hmm. uh, LIME, L I M E it stands for uh, local interpretable machine learning exponent or, uh, model explanation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was really useful at the time for explaining mm-hmm. these kind of black box models, the models, like, you know, your, your random forest and your XG boost, which. Mm-hmm. People just, um, you know, the, the business needs to see, okay, hey, yeah, this person's, you know, likely to, to leave the com- company attrition wise, or this person, this customer's, you know, likely to be, uh, you know, flagged, uh, and they might be at risk of losing that account. Um, but they need to understand why. And that's what Lime helped us do. So I started teaching that in this kind of, you know, full project. Mm-hmm. this is a, a churn project and we're going to start from the beginning with what does the data mean? How does that relate to the business? Mm-hmm. What are the KPIs? What are the, you know, can we assign some dollar values to the issue? 
uh, and then kind of moving through, okay, how do we process this data? How do we show people what's going on? How do we prepare it for machine learning, um, which are two, to two totally different ways of preparing data? Um, how, do we, how do we perform the automated machine learning? How do we do the Lyme? And then we're not done because what we have to do is we have to make recommendations, right? Because that's, that's, that's what the, yeah, so, so most data scientists, they stop when they have a good model, but that's, that's just the beginning. Yeah, you need to be able to recommend and you need to be able to showcase. Um, so, so I put that, I, I made my first course, it took about eight months to put that together. Um, and it really, uh, it ended up being a, it's our top seller. Um, oh, nice. yeah, it's, we have about 800 students just in that one. Okay. Yeah. Um, and okay. then, uh, I, I just started actually building the program around that. So, so the 201, the student, some of the students about, about half of them probably weren't ready for it. <laughs> so they, <laughs> so they were, I could tell by some of the questions and so, and also I had, um, some, uh, I had a, uh, uh, questionnaire that they would fill out after the second or third week mm -hmm. and I could tell from the responses in there that some of them were saying hey there definitely there's like not enough explanation you know so that's a dead giveaway okay well mm -hmm. the explanation isn't the issue it's the fact that we probably you probably don't have the or I need to give you the fundamentals first so that so I ended up building a 101 course that was that ended up being the um, the beginning, the what they should have and the prerequisite before they take the two hundred one. So when I did that, that like all of the all of the comments went away. Like all, um, so right now that that two hundred one course is rated like a nine out of ten. I mean, it was just really high um, mm -hmm. for a, a data science course. Mm -hmm. um, the one hundred one course teaches all of the fundamentals, um, and actually I have a I have a free part of that course that it's called jumpstart with R. Mm -hmm. um, so I've actually opened up to the public um, as a freebie, you know, this, the, the first week of that one-on-one course. And that one-on-one course is honestly the best course. If you want to like really understand um, how to work with data, how to visualize it, all the wrangling, the being able to manipulate it, how to program with data, how to iterate, you know, do loops. Um, how to do machine learning mm -hmm. that uh, so it, it taught all of the fundamentals so that so now those students were really well versed and able to go into that 201 and be confident mm -hmm. um, right actually so one-on-one -on -one is more over like uh, how long is that course actually it's it's a seven-week course so yeah they and and you can go uh, through it faster I mean I've had some students completed in like three weeks I mean they just you know it's not very common but it's possible mm -hmm. um, and then I, and then I've had other students take you know several months to complete it but but uh, on average I'd say it takes about seven seven to eight weeks to complete mm -hmm. that's yeah. great actually so uh, I, I hope that audience is listening and they would like to enroll for that course uh, moving towards our next question is about you know uh, when I uh, looked into it, your business science website also it is a lot more like a business science with R actually. Mm -hmm. So uh, how would you like to differentiate between the Python and R when it comes to data science and why R? Like? Sure, yeah. So um, a lot of people look at, you know, hey, I got to pick one, Python or R. Um, and, and, you know, that, that is kind of true, especially when you're learning. Mm -hmm. But, 
you're all we're all going to end up at the same spot down the road anyways we're gonna have to know probably a little bit of both uh, to be to be really effective because there's some strengths with each of the language Mm -hmm. um i i chose r and this is uh for kind of reasons that i saw Mm -hmm. um my background was coming from excel and i actually started out with python and python was really difficult for me uh because it was more um, I felt like I, I needed to learn object oriented programming. I was having a tough time with all the loops that I had to write in order yeah, to be able to. language. So you type everything actually, whatever you are thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it, and it was a lot of typing too. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, like it was a lot of code. Um, and then mm-hmm. I, I had uh, started doing that for about a month and then I switched over to R just to give that a, a, a test drive. Um, and, I, and the thing I liked about R was that, uh, although it was very raw at the time, um, because it just, you know, there's there's been so much more advancement um, since I started it, but it was really focused around statistics and functional programming, which, um, and, and what that means, a functional program, it's kind of like Excel, where yes. you have these functions like sum or mean um, to take the average of something or median, um, and you use these functions to kind of manipulate your data, either to aggregate it or to do something to it, like to find if, if that has missing values or, you know. So um, for me, uh, it being focused helped me kind of really focus on just the, the data analysis piece and not mm-hmm. the object-oriented piece. And having some of these other uh, kind of pre-built uh, parts of the language to be able to uh, um, apply uh, like with the per library um, the map functions so that was really instrumental in being able to do a lot of iterative analysis mm-hmm. and, th- and that's actually one of the main things that tidyquants build off of is to be because what it does is it loops through everything mm-hmm. but, th- but there's no for loops in it it's, it's just the map library uh, the map function from per um, but like it's, you know, for, for me, it was a lot um, easier to grasp. And at that point in time, too, they were coming out with this thing called Shiny, which is for oh, web gosh. applications. Yeah. So that that to me was like, oh, once I saw Shiny apps, I was like, this is the future. I mean, like, I need to get behind this. <laughs> so and at that point in time, Python didn't have that. Um, and, and still like Shiny's pretty advanced compared to uh, what's what's available on the data science end um, for, for making apps. So uh, I ended up, I ended up going with R. Um, it was a good choice for me. Um, I don't think I would be at this point being able to do as much as I can mm-hmm. if I didn't, if I had picked Python back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to circle back. So now I'm actually, um, so I do these things called learning labs. Um, I know we were talking before and, uh, you said, yeah, I'd attended one of them. So the one that's going on this week uh, is the kickstart of the Python plus R series. Mm-hmm. And you can actually integrate both languages. So I'm going to be doing R for a lot of the data manipulation mm-hmm. uh, and pre-processing of the data. Mm-hmm. And then um, once I get it into a format where it's a, a matrix and, and you can, and you can, um, you can use scikit-learn with it. So I'm going to use scikit-learn for, with uh, all of the data. And, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to solve a, a pretty cool business problem, one where um, 
that, that uh, human resources is interested in where they have employees. Mm -hmm. Some of them have been terminated uh, either on because the employee left the company or because they had to and um, or, the, or the, the company fired them. And we'll be able to, to utilize scikit-learn to analyze the clusters. And it's really cool um, to be able to see the two languages work together. So Yeah, that's great actually. And that would be a great exposure for the students to learn, get the exposure to both the languages. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's cool too, because a lot of people, you know, they perpetuate, you know, one, you know, whatever they've heard other people say, mm -hmm. and unless you actually see the two languages and, and how well they work together now, um, and then you can start to leverage some of the strengths like the, like Python with the scikit-learn package. Uh, it's just really well done for machine learning. And then R on the data wrangling in with the tidyverse and dplyr and, and the visualization, especially with ggplot too, yeah. um, you get to see kind of the two, yes. you know, the best of the best of both, you know, that really yeah. made these these languages what they are. Yeah, and as you mentioned, actually, definitely R is a good for statistical analysis and lots of tools, which are automating the machine learning or the data analytics part. They are using R packages. Actually, they are having that R code behind it, even though those are drag and drop tools behind the um, that tool. Actually, there is everything written in R or something like that. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that is definitely I can also relate to. Moving towards uh, one more interesting thing, actually, I'm also very interested into this uh, time series forecasting course. Yes. So uh, you said that you completed rewriting the uh, time dark package for time series analysis. And I would like to learn more about it as well as I think audience will be interested in that. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So time TK is another R package that I, that I have, and I just did a major update to it. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm not sure. Am I able to share my screen and will the students be able to see it or is it just a, uh, a podcast? Is, would it be? No, no, they would be able to see it. You okay. Are, I can uh, change it to the full mode actually. Okay. Um, yeah, if I can share my screen, I'll just show you guys what, um, what I'm working on. So let's do this. Uh, let me share my screen. Can you, can you see? Yep. Okay. I'm just going to... Um, save what I've got going on here. This is another R package that I'm getting ready to do for ARIMA modeling. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to switch over to time TK. Mm -hmm. And you and you can see this, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, good, good. Okay, so I'll, I'll just kind of show you um, a couple examples of what I'm working on. So um, the the package is called time TK. So if I just do time TK, Mm -hmm. and library that and I'm gonna uh, library the tidyverse um, so this gets you kind of like all the packages you need to be able to do some time series analysis mm -hmm. um, one of the data sets is a pretty common one um, it's called Ta Taylor's 30 minute mm -hmm. data set and what this is, is it's energy demand data here in the value column oh, okay. and then um, it's at, at a, a 30 minute intervals uh, for, and you can see it's about 4,000 observations. So, um, just to give you kind of like an overview of some of the cool things you can do. Um, so this is a plotting function. Uh, I'm just going to plot it. I'm going to use this function called plot time series. Okay. And what I'm going to do is, uh, so I'm using this thing called the pipe and yeah. that's going to, that's going to fill in this dot data argument. And then I'm going to provide it a date variable and a value. So the date variable will be the date column and then the value will be the value column. So I'm just going to do date and value. Mm -hmm. and let's just see what we get. 
So it, it creates a, an interactive plot here. And it's, just, it's only one line of code here. Um, it's got a little trend line to it. Yeah. And you can imagine, you know, normally it's a lot like this consolidates a lot, yeah. uh, but it's, but it's also pretty flexible. So if I just copy this and paste it down here, um, it's got some other arguments. So I can, um, it's got this argument called dot color mm -hmm. underscore bar. Mm -hmm. And if I do, um, if I add another package up here called Lubridate, mm -hmm. uh, and this is for, this is, the Lubridate has, is a very popular package for time series, uh, mm -hmm. like date function. So it has this function called week. Mm -hmm. And if you call that on the date column, and it'll change the color. That's good. This but a week. Yeah. 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 And you can start to see some trends. You know, hey, every week it looks like it starts at starts at a pretty low point, kind of shoots up, and then you know goes back down. Yeah. Uh, yeah so actually, uh, R is really good at visualization, and uh, as you mentioned, that it is has pretty less number of lines of course when you compare to python because python you type everything actually yeah yeah it's i mean uh, so the so the package i mean has a ton to offer i think um what what's cool here too like you said with the visualizations i kind of focused on that a lot um that's one of the, the main pieces here mm -hmm. um there's one one another function that we can do is uh we can do the seasonality diagnostics mm -hmm. um and let me take out this piece here so you can see that the kind of just works the same way. It's always it's oh. normally always use the the date and the value, and you get a something wow. that, that looks like this. Awesome! Box yeah, box. so wow. it's it's pretty cool. You can see okay, you've got an hourly. You know, it starts low at the early hours of the day, and you can see that energy demand tends to spike up right around seven p seven a.m. Mm -hmm. and then it it kind of goes down towards the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and then you can see Sundays. So there's another frequency in here. Sundays and Saturdays tend to be lower than the weekdays mm -hmm. um, and, and so on. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with it. Um, and that's just what the visualization is. So it's really, this package is about um, data visualization, mm -hmm. time series data wrangling, and time series data pre-processing. So it has a uh, kind of covers all those three sections. There's no modeling in it. That's what I'm working on right now is another is a package for modeling. Mm -hmm. But um, what uh, this is all going to be done is, mm -hmm. and the reason why I'm doing all this is so I can teach it because I was having a very difficult time putting together the time series course I'm, that I'm uh, developing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be teaching uh, a lot of cutting edge methodologies. Mm -hmm. uh, the ones that are win winning a lot of Kaggle competitions, like um, ensembling methods, mm -hmm. uh, deep learning uh, using recurrent neural networks. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other one is uh, being able to utilize like algorithms like XGBoost on ARIMA errors, on deep learning errors, um, and, and other model errors. So it's, um, it's going to be a pretty pretty high-end course. Um, it's going to be uh, very up, uh, applied. So you're going to actually apply it to um, a lot of different time series problems. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be with real data. So data that um, is actually my own business science data from my company. Mm -hmm. You know, things like our email subscribers, you're going to be forecasting email subscribers. You're going to be forecasting um, Google Analytics data. You're going to be forecasting sales data. 
So it's, um, it's all of the common stuff that you're going to have to do. And it's going to be raw, like missing data. You know, you're going to have to aggregate it. Um, it's, it's not going to be, you know, cookie cutter, but it's, it's going to be a real. Yeah, know. that's great. Actually, I feel like uh, people will be interested into it and to look into it. And, and the way you are saying, I feel those are like kind of a specific topics that you are touching um, mm -hmm. during the webinars. So definitely people will be more interested to learn. Yeah. So that was just a, a quick tutorial of the, I mean, there's so much more to that, that, that our package, like literally there is so much more to it. Yeah, so thank but, you so but that's, much. Those are, those are two, two, two visualization functions that I'm pretty excited about. Yep. Thank you so much for sharing. And yeah. I hope audience is also going to like it actually. And hopefully they will come to you. <laughs> um, so moving towards, uh, like the way you are uh, leading this data science area actually truly shows that you are engaged into a lot of things and you do lots of analysis as well prior to you know uh, setting up what would be next for your business so um what is your leadership style if you have to uh, tell to the people so i um I, I do have two uh contractors that i work with um my my leadership style uh you know, it's, it's one where I give them kind of a lot of uh, flexibility, mm -hmm. but I also um, feel like I need to be available. Um, so my, my, my thought process is, is, and how I think is a good way to lead is, is to give people projects to work on. So my, my two contractors, um, they both have their own projects that they're working on and they're, and they're very important to the business. Mm -hmm. um, one is building the backend data analytics. So they're, they're building, um, uh, David, uh, he's, he's building, um, the, the whole, uh, what we call the customer data platform, which integrates our MailChimp data, which integrate, which is our email data. It integrates our Google analytics. It integrates, um, uh, all of our transaction data mm -hmm. and, and, um, all of our, uh, webinar data and everything like any, any data sources that we have, it combines everything in, into one area. So it's a lot of data engineering. Um, so he's handling all of that. And then, uh, Kristen, who is, uh, she, she's putting together all of the like email nurturing sequences and those sorts of things. Um, so really they, they kind of rely on each other. And I've, I've kind of set it up that way. Mm -hmm. And then what I do is I give them the assignments for the week. And then um, what, I, what I've tried to do is to be as available as possible. So whenever they have a question, mm -hmm. you know, try to answer that as quickly as possible because mm -hmm. the last thing I want to do is have somebody sitting idle um, not being able to work on something. So I always try and keep them moving, keep them going forward. If they need something reviewed, like, a, like if Kristen needs an email review, I try and jump on that as quickly as possible. That's great. That's a good leadership style, actually, because uh, if leader is available to help people out, then definitely the people would be more encouraged yeah. to work on that specific task. So thank you so much. Uh, that was quite unique, actually. Nobody shared until now. Uh, so that is good to know. One more addition to the leadership styles. And... Uh, any specific leader that you follow or always get inspired by? Um, I, I have a few, uh, like Warren Buffett. That's, uh, he's, he's a, a big one for me, just from the finance side. Um, but he's, his, his investment philosophy is like I'm totally in sync with, which is 
buy and hold. And then it's also, um, uh, he, he feels, and it's actually an educational, his, his, his whole um, investment philosophy is based around education, oh. uh, which is very surprising. Most, you know, most, most uh, financial people don't really, at least publicly focus on education as much, but yeah. he, mm-hmm. he, he feels that the best investment is one in yourself. Um, whether it's to grow or to learn something, Mm -hmm. um, he feels that that's, that is the best investment you can make. And I feel the same exact way. And that's what I perpetuate at, at, uh, business science is if you invest in this, Mm -hmm. this program, you will succeed. Um, I'm going to do everything in my power to help you. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I will commit to you if, if you will commit to the program, as -hmm. long as you stay motivated, I'm going to be there to help you. So. Yep, that's great. And thank you so much for sharing. Uh, moving towards a couple of things you already mentioned, actually, uh, how a person can find his interest and uh, take steps towards it. But just to summarize uh, at the end, actually, would you like to just summarize it? Uh, um, how, how to find your interest? Find the interest and take the leadership in that particular interest. Okay. So, so I think um, your interests... Uh, normally you already have something that you're interested in, whether it's music, whether it's social media, uh, whether it's, um, you know, if, if you're into, I don't know, uh, playing the guitar, whatever it is, yep, yep. uh, how, how the, the key question in my mind, if you want to become a data scientist is how do you combine that interest of yours with projects that are useful either to a business or useful to uh, some sort of consumer Mm-hmm. And, um, from, from my perspective, like, uh, you can totally do it. Uh, the best thing in my mind is to create a blog mm-hmm. because just the act of writing things down and sharing it with the world helps you learn so fast. Yeah. And, 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 and normally if you have to think to, to put together a blog, um, you're going to do a lot more homework. Mm-hmm. You're going to do more research and you're really going to um, think about not only yourself, but your audience, whoever that reader in, in your mind is going to be. Mm-hmm. So that, that helps you become, and when you teach something, you uh, learn that, that subject so much better. So um, I've seen people do it. Like uh, one of, one of my buddies, um, he created the Spotify art package. And, uh, and so his big thing was music. Like he loves analyzing music text, wanting to know what the sentiment of a song is. Mm -hmm. Uh, He likes analyzing how, um, different, you know, like one, 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 um, uh, we'll, we'll say one musician, all of the different songs that they write, how do they stack up like from a sentiment standpoint? So he really found a way to like take his passion. He created an art package out of it. He's created shiny apps that really do an awesome job at explaining how different, you know, how angry, you know, different lyrics are or how, how sad they are or how upbeat they are. Um, so he's, you know, he, he's taken his passion in music and figured out a way to, to turn it into you know, yeah, that's uh, great actually that is a uh, good uh, advice to have that you know if you find the uh, interest and sometimes people juggle between financial like getting the financial care ability like stability and then um, how to manage both the things like you know interest whether 
the career choices are also most of the times it happens that you are not interested but you are doing it just because you want the financial stability but this is a very great advice to have that you know once you find the interest actually whatever interest you have you can just have the fusion of your interest plus your career choice yeah and uh, have that uh, interest going that is yeah, a great I, 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 I really think you can combine the two. I mean, that's yeah. the best way. Yeah, that's that's how I learned. I mean, I, I, I liked finding it. Yeah, yeah. Data science has that opportunity that it comes along with all kinds of data. So definitely you have that opportunity to merge those, those two things. Um, and just to end up this podcast is any tips or advice to any aspiring students who are uh, trying to get into the data science or the professionals right now who are like, you know, in the different area, but they want to get into data science. They are looking for change in the career or grow yeah. in that particular area. Sure. So, so if you're if you're just coming out of school and you want to get into uh, your first data science job, um, I think the the advice that I would give is really start to understand what a business wants and needs. So you really need to that the data science piece is almost not as, as beneficial at that point as the, as, as understanding the business and how to create value for a business. So you need to understand that. That's, that's the, the thing that you need to understand the most. Um, conversely, if you're already in a company and you want to transition into data science, it's the opposite. So you need to really start to understand the algorithms, the science, um, the math, the, um, and, but most importantly, how to apply it to solve specific problems that your company faces. So generally speaking, those people with the company, they already have the domain experience, right? So they, they already understand, you know, Hey, these are the challenges that they're facing. I got to figure out, you know, do I use a hammer or a screwdriver or, or what, what data science tool do I use? And that's what, what those people need to use. Um, at business science, we cater to both. Um, I will say, that uh, students that are looking to get more business knowledge, mm -hmm. you will pick up a ton of business knowledge through these data science courses. Uh, and then on the flip side, those that are already in a career, uh, we've successfully helped a ton of students transition from what they're doing now to these data science career paths. And it's helped them uh, get promotions Mm -hmm. much faster. Um, in fact, I, I just had a student last week email me saying he got 40% uh, increase in pay over a, a year's period. And before that, before taking the courses, he was only getting like a three and a half percent raise every year. It's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. I've, I've had other students get their first data science position. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I had one student get, get one at Deloitte where he, um, he won them over in the interview by bringing up the business science problem framework, my old consulting framework and showcasing how he can say, all right, in this data science problem that you're facing, these are the key things we need to focus on. Is it the quality metrics? Uh, is that most important? Is it the financial metrics? Mm -hmm. uh, is it revenue? Or is it, you know, this or that? And he was able to kind of point them to show how he could use his tools to help them and they were really excited about that. So he ended up getting the job. Thank you so much, actually. And you're doing great, actually. Congratulations on all your achievements. And uh, 
good luck with your future endeavors as well so thank you so much for being my guest and hope audience you will also enjoy this episode we have covered lots of topics actually uh, alongside our python as well as what is happening in the data science and what would be the next specific topics as well uh, in uh, mad dancers business science courses so please do check out i will provide all the links to you guys and until we meet happy leading let's sit together